0: following program is brought to you by your friends at podcast one
1: lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing we do it right too with incredible deals during our spring black friday sale like 19 ounce bonnie vegetable and herb plants four for ten dollars and pick up five bags of scott's mulch in store only for just ten dollars whatever's on your list hurry in and save during our spring black friday sale do it right for less start with lowe's Offers valid through 417, Will supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in-store only. See store for details, U.S. only.
0: Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. I just want to mention to listeners that it's a little bit of a rough connection. Sorry about the dings. A- anyways, just ignore it and uh, Enjoy. Today, I'm sitting down with Jake Rosenberg. He's the co-founder and creative director of Coveter, an online magazine that's all about showing off the style, beauty, and health choices of celebrities and street trendsetters. Thanks for coming on.
2: Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Now, you're from Toronto. Can we just start off with you giving a description? What, What makes how would you describe toronto's style because you always hear about i'm in la and you when you hear about it in the movies you hear toronto's being used as chicago or it's being used as new york what is toronto's original flavor
2: definitely i mean i think the great thing about toronto in particular um and it definitely you know relates to a style sense is that it is such a multicultural city and there is so many different people from all walks of life there. So, you know, I like to think that in Toronto, everybody kind of is able to adapt their own style. There isn't a West Coast style or an East Coast style. I think that, you know, there's a great uh, mix of different styles there depending on, you know, what your are into and if you're into the arts or if you're into finance or if you're you know into food or you know i think it's there's a lot of different styles there and it really um it really takes on that whole sense of personal style because style really is personal and i think toronto is a great example of that
0: let's start you know lay out the business and and how it works and and uh day to day
2: uh, definitely. You know, we. I guess let's take it back to 2011 in Toronto. A little bit about me. So that uh, around that time, I had just graduated, or I guess a year, a year and a bit before that, and um, I was studying industrial design and became obsessed, obsessed with branding and, and storytelling and uh, entrepreneurialism. And then at the same time, I was also assisting different photographers and you know, trying to build my career as a photographer and, and just kind of experimenting and, and working as much as I could. And, you know, after graduating, um, I was shooting a lot of different uh, different things. And that's how I came across and met my business partners. And, you know, we, we literally met the day before uh, we started this brand and this company. And taking a
0: moment to thank our supporters, Veridesk, Amica Insurance and Rocket Mortgage. More about these companies later in the show. Well, I want to back up a little bit because, first of all, you did something that I I feel like a lot of people do in their early 20s. They find they're drawn to mentorship, and it sounds like you sought out, I guess it was Chris Nichols, right, the photographer?
2: It was, yeah. Chris, um, you know, I came across Chris's work uh, early on when I was, you know, looking at as much inspiration as possible, and I, you know, I fell in love with with his photography. And, you know, I met Chris. I, I... Sent him a cold email after you know looking at a piece of work that he had just put out, and I just wrote him an email, you know, just telling him how much he inspired me and that I just would love to get together and have a conversation. And I got an email back and ended up going to the studio and sitting down. I think we chatted for you know a couple hours. Really, we got along so well. And um, you know, I asked him if I could come and and work with him and learn from him. And you know, at the beginning, I just. Just started working on whatever he had, and I was just trying to sort of absorb absorb as much knowledge as I could, and and that's really uh, where I kind of started to get more and more into the photography world.
0: And then, how do you start the business? You're 23 years old. I, I think
2: it's like 2011. You know, by no means did we set out to start a business. You know, we wanted to work on a fun project together. We had, you know, we'd, we'd worked on uh, on before, and you know, we got we got together for lunch uh, the next afternoon, and there was this idea. Um, you know, we were all looking for something to create. I was shooting and wanted to start a new brand, and we we wanted to start something online. This was sort of at the beginning of all of the, you know, the tastemaking and the trendsetters, and kind of right, you know, when Instagram was starting to you know kick off and get big and all of that. So we got together and had an idea about you know let's let's go into people's homes and really you know see what inspires them and and, and focus on people who inspire us you, know, you see all of these people on the red carpet but who are the people behind that who are the you know the editors that set the trends and who are the makeup artists and and the hairstylists and and all all of that and, and what inspires them and why do they make the decisions that they make so it was really about going into their homes and hearing about their inspiration and and why they make the choices that they choose and then really taking that and showcasing it To the world, and it really grew organically. This was definitely, you know, a passion project. Um, We didn't have, you know, a business plan when we first started. It was really just about going out and creating authentic, engaging content that inspired us and that we felt you know, we wanted to share with the rest of the world. And the, and the whole style of tour definitely grew organically as well. Um, you know, I think at the beginning, it was all just we were testing and and shooting as many different people as we could based on our relationships. And and that's really also how it all started was, you know, we emailed someone who we had a, a relationship with, and we'd go spend that two or three hours with them. And it was really just about having fun and exploring you know who this person was from a style perspective and then after you know we shot everything and they'd be like oh my god that was amazing like you have to go shoot my my other friend and their friend happened to be somebody influential and we'd again just you know you e- you know email these people and set it up and show up at their door and be like hi can we come in and we were just you know young and having a lot of fun and and sorry about that. Right.
0: Jake I'm looking through your Instagram and you know, you've Built up the, the brand has built up a big follower, uh, you know, big, uh, big audience over a million people. You yourself, if I look at you here, there's a nice picture of you and Oprah looking at the viewfinder, your latest post. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about the role
2: social media has played in the, in the success of the business and the brand? Definitely. I mean, I think it was a great time for us to start, uh, Covetour, which is, you know, at the beginning of the whole Instagram boom and this whole social media boom. and it it, ha- it has been so instrumental in the growth of this business, reaching an audience that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily have been able to reach um, as quickly. And the more that we featured influencers and influential people, uh, the more they were able to share the content. And I think that was very instrumental in the growth of our audience and our, our brand and being able to, know be discovered being able to just discover new people ourselves um has been able to allow us to create innovative content and and you know reach people on all corners of
0: of the world can you predict which posts or which photographs are going to resonate more widely than the next
2: can you predict it um i mean there's definitely become a science to you know posts and and content in general Um, i think you know, sometimes there is certain things that you post that you think would be extremely engaging or have high engagement. And you're, I, sometimes I'm very shocked by, you know, the the engagement that occurs with it. But, um, I think that, you know, there's definitely, once you build up enough data, um, and you're able to start analyzing it, then that definitely helps. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that, um, we post because we believe in it and we want to share that content Mm -hmm. and, um, I think you start to learn your audience or, or learn what 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 they like so um, I think that, that plays another role but um, can I predict it not okay. I say I can predict it but we can you know we have an edu- educated guess
0: can you tell me i mean how is it is has it become increasingly easier for you to get people to agree to to participate in the shoots and 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 uh and join your team and was that i imagine it was a little harder in the beginning when you didn't have the audience and the
2: portfolio 100 percent. i think you know what was so fun about the beginning of this business is we were just kids in toronto and we were emailing you know really doing this just from our gmails in our living room emailing whoever we felt was right you know and whoever inspired us and um, you know, really just being aggressive about, you know, the people that we wanted to feature. And even before we launched the site, you know, we, we launched the site January 2011, and we had already banked a, a bunch of content prior to launching. And, you know, when I think back on that, we didn't really have anything to show anybody yet, because there, there wasn't a site live there was nothing you know there was no www.comtour.com yet so we would make these little decks and really try and explain it to people but you know to try and explain to somebody hey can I come over for a few hours go through all your most personal items and take photos of them and then share them with everybody you know the beginning of this business is also just built on relationships and going in you know and and making those relationships and using time with people um, because this was really all a celebration of style and of people's careers and of who these individuals were you know, we weren't there to do anything but you know look into all that and celebrate it. So at the beginning, it was definitely, definitely a challenge to to get certain people to agree, but um, but we we did. And, and on the day we launched the site, I remember launching. We were here in New York, and I remember we were at Tracy Taylor's house, and finally we were able to show you this site and what it looks looks like and we, you know we went to went to the url and it was like 404 over capacity and we were like oh my god like what just happened the site crashed on the first day which was really crazy um because you know we were like we hope some people come to the site we didn't think 20 <laughs> something thousand yeah come on the first day um so that was really fun and you know it, it was people were very supportive um early on and you know we launched with with six different people, three from Canada and three from uh, here, here in New York. And I think that was also an approach that we took was we didn't want to just be limited to the city that we were from. So we we really tried to grow globally uh, quickly. So we were featuring people from all, all over, um, you know, from Europe and East Coast and West right. Coast, North America. And, and I think that was also a great, approach to how we build our audience and, and at the same time there's something else I think that has always been unique to us um, is that we would feature editors from Condé Nast or from Hearst or from you know and people from from all over and we, we didn't have to you know we could kind of just you know go with whoever we wanted and focus on who inspired us and I think that has also been so nice about Cover Tours um the diversity of of, and the the range of people and even if they're not a-list i think that we've always focused on a lot of behind the scenes or insider access to to people and places and and things so you know i think that was a a huge part of what built built our brand and built our audience and and the support group that we've been able to attain over the past seven years and we'll be right back after this quick break
3: Support for the Forbes Under 30 podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask, why? Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to the rate and term in real time? And why can't there be client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030.
0: And tell me, over the past seven years, how have you scaled up from you and, and your partner starting in 2011? How big uh, is the operation now?
2: The operation now is about 30 people. And you know, we have an amazing team here. The company has grown in ways that I, you know, couldn't imagine. I, I'm so grateful to have the team that I have and and work alongside everybody here. You know, I think about almost roughly three years ago. We decided, you know, to bring in a CEO and that was a huge, a huge part of what uh, you know, the growth of, of the brand here. And we took the the head office and and opened opened an office here in New York, and really started to build a team. And um, you know that was when when Warren Webster came in as CEO. That was a huge you know shift and turning point for the company.
0: Tell me, what was the decision to hire a CEO, and was that difficult for you as the
2: founder? So the decision, I mean, again, like this, this we this company we started as a passion project, and very quickly it really it turned into full-time you know our, our full lives and you know, six months after we launched the site we started working with different brands and this was really again like at the you know early yeah. stages of, of you know branded content and native content and, and telling stories about brands and um, I think that we started to do that early on and and in a, in a very authentic way so you know, very quickly did it turn into a business from passion project. But I think it was, you know, about three years ago, it got to the point where we really wanted to take it to the next level. And you know, as as founders, we felt that we really needed to bring in somebody who had a lot of experience. And was it I, for me as a creative director here? I was very excited to you know bring in somebody. Um, to help scale the business and grow the business and learn from them and and expand, so well, it was not hard for me to do that. I was I was rather excited to bring in somebody with an entirely new skill set to really add to the team and and grow what we have created. I think that there is definitely challenges around you know that process and as founders finding somebody who believes in your vision who you know isn't. Going to just come in and kind of do whatever they want, but they they really have to work with you. So I think it was it was definitely a process of finding the right person. But you know, Warren, I would couldn't say enough. I couldn't praise him enough. So you know what he's done for the for the business and right. as as a, co- a colleague and a friend, you know, I'm over the moon.
0: And how would you how have you been stretched as a as a manager? I mean, when you start managing people, really is a, a, a unique task. And as a creative. Um, how has that stretched you?
2: That has been uh, an interesting learning process for me. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I've grown up throughout this, uh, you know, the growth of this company. And it, it is, that is probably one of my biggest challenges day to day, is the management portion of of my job. And, you know, being a co-founder, being a creative director, and then also producing and working on a, a majority of our, our our branded, you know, content that we're putting out there uh, really does make, you know, it makes every day different in my life, which I love, uh, but it also makes it very challenging when you're on the road three weeks out of a month to constantly stay in touch with your team back here and, you know, being able to manage properly. So I think, you know, for me, it's been a huge learning process. Um, Again, Warren has been, you know, a very great mentor on that front and and helped, Helping out and helping guide me in that uh, respect, but uh, but yeah, I think it's always a challenge, and it's never let's add more people, life will get easier. It's just you know the more you can do, um, and and the more people to manage. But uh, you know I think it's 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 been a lot of fun and culture that we've built here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Jay, because you are out of the uh, you know out of the office uh, three three weeks of the month. Was there ever any talk of you giving up some of that work or some of the photography or some of the creative work and, and um, scaling a model, you know, like hiring, hiring five Jakes so that you can scale that back. Or was there a part of you that just didn't want to give that up?
2: I mean, definitely. I'm not, I'm I'm by no means the only person here creating content. So there is other shooters, um, you know, both in-house and freelance. I think, it depends on the on the, the scale of a project, I think, as to what I am working on and or, or who the client is or or who the talent is or um, or what the demand is really. So even though I, I'm not always on the road three weeks out of the month, but I'm I'm pretty much on the road the majority of, of the time. And uh, but I, I do a ton of work here in New York as well. So, you know, scaling wise, I think it's always a challenge to you know, people are not duplicate myself, but but bring in you know like-minded creatives who can help build and, and support the team. Um, so it's it's a challenge, but it's it's something that I think we're always trying to do, and and just trying to find the right people to bring in. I think it's also hard, I guess, from a training perspective to bring in, and that's also something I I, I kind of have a challenge with. Is that you know if we do bring in a new creative into the team, being able to you know be around to work with him or her mm-hmm. enough, um, that he can really adapt sort of the, you know, the style of couture and understand what we're here to do.
0: Walk us through how it works with brands. I know you've worked with the Chanel Louis Vuitton, Dior, and, and many more. So how does it work when you're shooting with a brand? Um, what kind of native, native advertising, what does that process look like?
2: Um, I mean, it's always different. It really depends on what the brand's goals are. And I think something that's always been important to cover and the vision of cover is to be extremely collaborative and, um, you know, work very close. I like to work very closely with a brand. And I think, you know, having come from an industrial design background and understanding, you know, the development process of a product and, you know, from concepting all the way to, you know, marketing and execution, um, was a huge asset that uh, that I pulled away from school and it really and it also just depends on how the project comes in and you know how you are working with that brand whether it's through an agency or it's brand direct um, but it, I think for the most part it is you know concepting around what that brand is trying to you know whatever that story is, is trying to be told whatever story that brand wants to tell um, and then you know putting our Covetour lens and our Covetour spin on it and um and then going out we do all our production here in house and going out and shooting the creative and having our mate, our amazing team here you know whether it's shoot it or write the copy or you know however whatever the project is uh we really do try and keep everything in house and i think something that's really nice is our teams here aren't really all split up and they don't not talk to each other everyone here is part of one family so it, you, you know when you are working with covetor you really are working with our entire team right and uh I think that's been a you know a nice part of, of what we've done here.
0: Well, Jake, what is it about Covetors' design and style that you think makes it you know distinguished from the rest
2: and makes it stand out? How would you describe it? So I I guess like design and style. So um, it's I think the the imagery um, and the style or brand of our content is has become unique and recognizable, and that really happened over time. And I, I'd say. For the most part here at Coventura, we are, you know, and it comes through in our copy and it comes through in our images and you know, we, we really are kind of like your. we're not trying to be above you. We're trying to be like your cool best friend telling you about the new, you know, this new person or that new spot or this new, you know, workout and all of that. And it's aspirational and, and, and inspirational rather than sort of, you know, talking down to you or saying that we're cooler than you. Um, that's not what we're trying to do. And I think with, with our content and the style there, it's really fun and energetic and engaging. And, and I think those are all extremely important things. I think, Um, another component to it is that it's not too polished. And, you know, there's a happy uh, medium there between, you know, very elevated, polished, unattainable content and very raw content. And I like to think that we live somewhere in the middle there because, you know, we are a luxury uh, brand and at the same time we are trying to be aspirational relatable. So, you know, you're not looking at it and thinking, Oh, I can never do that. It's really something that you can relate to and, you know, on an engaging level. And, and it's something that people like to look at.
0: Do you find that sometimes you're attracted to flaws and then the subjects want to lay some polish and you have to convince them that it's okay to show
2: those flaws? Um, I think flaws in general um, have become, you know, I think more and more and more accepted. Uh, but I don't think I'm necessarily attracted to flaws. I think I'm attracted to maybe some just unique yeah. experiences or um, you know, moments. Let's just call them. And I think that all kind of started at the beginning of Coventure. I Had to, I had to learn how to go into somebody's most personal space. You know, make them feel comfortable you know, and really pull out, you know, unique moments in a very small amount of time. You know, that that was something that was important to us. Was that we weren't, you know, we weren't there to take over your whole day and and and. And bring in all this, these people and equipment and all this, but it was really to go have a real unique moment with, with each person that we were featuring something that no one else was getting anywhere else and create, you know, that unique experience. So I think that's kind of how that all developed. And then it's kind of just now, you know, gone spread out across the brand. And now we do, you know, we it started with the closet, but we do fashion and beauty and health and wellness and travel and food and right. um, interiors and, and- everything so i think that's you know been a nice way to to scale the style across all genres and we'll be right back after this quick break this podcast
0: is brought to you by amica auto home and life insurance when you call amica you can expect a different experience because amica is all about customer service that goes above and beyond the ordinary you always get the help you need when you call amica visit amica.com forbes today and This year, the office cubicle turns 50 years old. It hails from an age when work was done on typewriters and smoking at your desk was the norm. Today, employees are expecting more from their workspace. They want flexible and active spaces where they can collaborate and feel energized. Veradesk Active Workspace Solutions make it easy to encourage more movement to any workday. Being more active at work, like standing more and sitting less, can help improve your health boost energy, and increase productivity. Veridesk has a variety of desk solutions that replace traditional office setups, require little to no assembly, and are ready to use in minutes. Plus, Veridesk products are made from commercial-grade materials meant to last a lifetime. They're easy to move or reconfigure as businesses change and grow. You can try Veridesk risk-free for 30 days with free shipping and free returns if you're not satisfied. See it for yourself at veridesk.com. That's vari Desk. You know, Jake, I do this PBS show, Brief But Spectacular, where we interview, we profile people, and um, I, 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 as a skill, I know that I have to connect quickly with subjects, and you're right. You have a very limited amount of time, and you don't know what kind of mood they're in or experiences they've had with interviews before. What skill set do you use or
2: rely on the most? Well, I try to be very respectful um, when I go into somebody's home, but I think, you know, I've grown up a lot throughout Coventure and I started this when we were when I was 23 years old and I was definitely nervous at the beginning and the more I worked with people and I, I was working with you know great people right from the beginning and and people who were some of my biggest inspirations and I was definitely nervous so I think you know building that self-confidence uh, was a huge component to you know going in and having one on a one-on-one session with somebody you know if I felt if they felt that I was super nervous and kind of, you know, scared. I don't think I was able to relate with people as much. So really kind of having confidence in yourself and, and, and the work that you're producing is definitely, I think, helped make people feel a little bit more comfortable. Right. And then at the same time, I think when I when I'm photographing somebody or I'm working with somebody um, to create content, it's really, I don't know, sometimes you have to find what you guys connect on. But at the same time, I, I almost think that I have, I, and when I do yeah. shoot and create content, I'm very vocal and I'm very, um, and, I, I, and I love to direct. And I think by the end of, you know, whatever we're creating and, and we're having this amazing conversation and it's, it's high energy Um, and I really kind of just help work with, with my subjects by the end of, I like to just say, by the end of our conversation, we've already, you know, created 50 pieces of amazing content and, and now we're friends and, uh, and it's just, you know, it's, it's all about having fun and creating unique moments.
0: You mentioned that there were six people that you originally shot. Who were they? And and in general, what did you, what personal items did you shoot of theirs?
2: Oh man. Uh, Um, so we launched the site with six people. And uh, it was no, you know what? It was two from Toronto. It was John Gerhart from Toronto, and I think at the time he was the creative director over at Holt Renfrew. Okay. Um, we we shot Fiona Green from Flair Magazine. We shot Joe or Joanna Hillman from Harper's. Mary Kate Steinmiller, uh, who was at Teen Vogue. We shot Eugene Tong, who was at Details, which. Was actually really fun I, I, I didn't come from a fashion background so I went into well when I went into everybody's home I was like oh my god I was learning about all these new brands and uh, and then Mona, Mona Scharf, um who I believe was at theory at the time and that uh, we launched with um, and they were yeah three editors and um, or four editors really a creative director and I think Mona was working in, in PR at the time. It's it's such a
0: natural transition, it seems like. But tell me a little bit about the coffee table book and how it's doing.
2: The book was so much fun. Um, I I'm I'm extremely proud of the book. It was a really fun project to work on, and we worked on that with Abrams, who is one of my favorite publishers, and I have you know pulled so much inspiration from Abrams and the, the books that they've put out over the over the years. So that was a very exciting uh, you know brand to work on on our book with. So the book. We it came out last October, and it features 43 different people from around the world, from you know New York, LA, London, Paris, Dubai, right. Moscow. You know, we really I think it was important for us to really show um, you know a global perspective of style and a really diverse range of talent in the book. And you know, it's Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, it's Amari Sotomayor, it's Bobby Brown, it's. Hugh Hefner. It's a, you know it's such a diverse range of of people as well. So you know that was really fun creating all the content and it was a r- really challenging at the same time to go and you know take on publishing a book while still building your company, living in Toronto, but creating content all around the world. And, and I love having a tangible you know part of our company that I can you know flip through every day such- and it still feels like yesterday. And then I still discover things in the images that I. Uh, didn't see before. Such a great catalog of your work. What is the
0: title of the book? Uh,
2: it's The tour:
0: Private Spaces Personal Style. And now tell me a little bit, now the first round of funding you received, just to get back to this, did it come from Drake?
2: Drake was one, uh, yeah, one investor and uh, very sort of local Toronto group of, of people. Of course. And, and uh, yeah, Drake was, Drake, Drake was included, you know, he's from Toronto, he's, he's an amazing support of Toronto talent and Toronto business. So uh, uh, we were extremely excited to have him part of it. How did the relationship with Drake come about? That came about really just from you know from being in Toronto. Um, as much as it's you know a big city, it's it still has a, you know a nice uh, tight network of, of different creatives, and I, I have different relationships uh, with Drake just from like childhood and, and other mutual friends. So um, you know I think we're all, all in Toronto connected. In one way or another. What a, what
0: a, what a dense web of what connections. The, the, Jay, can you tell me a little bit? How long did it take for the company to become profitable?
2: Year one, really. Year one. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we put, uh, you know, this is really self funded until till year, or, yeah, really till year one. And uh, we all, you know, were working as hard as we could and, and just day in, day night, day, day in, day out, seven days a week. Um, and so, yeah, it really kind of became profitable. And then we did that very small um, small round of funding in our second year. But every dollar that we've made, it, even to this day, we're still, you know, putting back into the company, trying to grow um, and diversify. All right. Well,
0: finally, Jake, I just want to say I know that early on your interests were, you know, when you were working your way through college, you were at the Mountain Equipment Co-op, which is Canada's REI. And uh, you're interested in yes. in, in uh, outdoors and 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 uh, and then somehow you kind of wound up in 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 fashion. Is there any part of you that kind of wants to get back out of the Algonquin and uh, and start you know portaging your way through a, another uh, another project? Uh, I mean
2: that's definitely like a still a passion of mine. You know every year uh, for my birthday I always make a point of blocking off in my calendar where I'm going to be unavailable. You will not be able to reach me by any means of communication um and I go out and do a trip with you know my best friend I would say we kind of choose a new place every year but um that will always be a true love of mine is is the outdoors and you know I started guiding trips when I was 16 and then throughout college did work at, at Mech and, and I was you know doing my thesis in outdoor it was actually outdoor food packaging which is really funny but um but anyways and working at Mech and just i love i love that whole world and and patagonia is you know still one of my favorite brands and and that you know i still love that world so so that will, will always be in my life for sure awesome all right well jake
0: thanks so much for for taking the time to talk with us and good luck with everything
2: thank you so much for having me it was nice to speak have a good day That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30.
0: I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under 30. That's the number 30 at podcastone.com. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger. I used to host the Art of Charm podcast, but now it's time for something new. The Jordan Harbinger Show. Did you know you can be entertained and actually get a boost in your life at the same time? On this show, we dig into the superpowers of the world's most interesting thinkers and top talents. Then we deliver them to you right into your ears. But I get it. We're not all superheroes. That's why we give you their blueprint so you can live what you listen. After a thousand interviews, learning five languages, and getting arrested in a country that doesn't even exist anymore, I'm now more ready than ever to introduce you to The Jordan Harbinger Show. Listen free to the Jordan Harbinger Show. Available on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app.
1: Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our Spring Black Friday sale. Like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. At the border. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border.
0: Many people are dying. And the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is... Tremendous.
1: This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where
0: are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs.
1: Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.